All right. So, there is an echo here. Uh, <laughs> all right, so um, yes, like you said, we're continuing with this uh, uh, series on the science of creation. That's what I've called it, um, because I know a lot of people try to disassociate science and creation, but they are one and the same. Um, and that's what we're going to uh, kind of start to talk about today. Um, but we're going to specifically look at something more specific, and that is the age of the earth. We'll take a look at the age of the earth today. Why is the age of the earth so important? I mentioned last time that the age of the earth is a subject many Christians seem to struggle with. Many Christians went too far. Uh, many Christians uh, seem, to, uh, seem to struggle with this. They look at crea the creation account in Genesis and think to themselves, there's no way that God could have done that. Um, they, there, there's no way that God could have created everything in a day. It must have taken him millions of years. Why is that? Why is it so hard for some of us to understand that a day in Scripture means a day? A part of the issue has been the lie of evolution, uh, bringing uh, so many people's attention, um, including uh, Christians who have been fooled by this. I understand that when you look at the world, it looks old. <laughs> it's hard to argue against that. But the question we're going to ask today is how old is it exactly? And why is it so important? To believe the age of the earth to be around 6,000 years old, give or take. So first off, we'll look at what the scripture says. Does the Bible mess up? Did God actually create the earth through millions of years? First off, Genesis teaches that the earth was made by God in the course of six literal 24-hour days. The Hebrew word for day in Genesis 1 is yom. I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. The majority of the 2,301 times that word is used in the Old Testament, it means a literal day. And when it doesn't, the context is very clear about how it's used. The only time, though, that it's ever in question is in Genesis 1. Second, it's made painfully clear in Genesis, uh, in Genesis 1 what the definition of a day is. Not only is the word yom used to signify that the Bible means day, but the scripture literally says the evening and the morning. This again signifies as a literal day and a literal evening. Third, outside of Genesis, other scriptures, such as Genesis 20, backs up Genesis by saying this, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Oh, and by the way, uh, this is straight from the Ten Commandments. You know, the stone tablets that were literally chiseled by God himself. So, the Bible doesn't show that the earth is millions of years old. So how old does the Bible say it is? Well, if we looked at the very detailed genealogies Genesis gives us and add that to the dates and ages Scripture gives us and even the, the, the accounts written uh, in other historical documents, it records up to about 6,000 years. But that's all Old Testament. What about New Testament? Well, I'll do you one better. Not only can we see the proof of creation and a young earth in the New Testament, 
but I'll show you what the Son of God himself said on the matter. Go ahead and take your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And in this chapter, the Pharisees are coming to Jesus to challenge his authority, as evolutionists do all the time. And they start in verse 2. And the Pharisees came to him and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? Tempting him. And he answered and said unto them, What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses suffered to write a bill of divorcement and to put her away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, For the hardness of your heart he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of creation God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. I'm going to go ahead and read one of those verses again. But from, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. From the beginning of creation. Take it from the one man who was there. John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Last time I was up here, uh, I mentioned how an evolutionist can't come up to me and tell me, you weren't there. And by the same token, I cannot go to that evolutionist and say, you can't prove evolution uh, because you weren't there. But guess who was there? If you're a Christian that believes in Christ as the Son of God, as the perfect, blameless Savior of humanity, you cannot tell me that God created the earth through millions of years. Because if he did, then Christ lies in this very book. Because if millions of years passed before humans were created, let's do some math here, that's not the beginning of creation. And that's what scripture says. Now here's, here's a big question. Can I still believe in evolution and still be a Christian? What does the Bible say that, about the credentials for salvation? Romans 10.9 says this, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, that God created the earth in six literal days, and that the earth is only around 6,000 years old, you shall be saved. That's what salvation's all about, right? Romans 10.9 actually says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Scripture clearly states here, as well as so many other places, that salvation is not dependent on whether or not you believe in creation or a young earth. However, that does not mean that you should believe in an old earth. In fact, as a Christian, we have a responsibility, as Peter put it, to sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and to be ready to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is within you with meekness and fear. If you believe in Christ, you must be ready to defend Christ to every man based on the evidence in Scripture. And based on that evidence, can you honestly prove to an unsaved individual who's probably looking for contradictions in scripture anyway, that you believe in the authority and the perfection of God's word. How do you intend to defend it to an unsaved person if you don't believe it's 100% true? Scripture has said uh, all it needs to about the origin of the world, the universe, and mankind, and for a Christian that should be enough to have faith in what God did. But that doesn't mean that we don't have to look at the evidence of, of creation. After all, it would be very difficult to lead an evolutionist to salvation through this previous discussion. Instead of just using scripture to lead a stubborn, stiff-necked heart to lead them to believe in a young earth, let's show them 
the evidence of our young earth. So, moving away from scripture here for a second, what does the earth itself say about its age? Now we can get into science. Can we prove through science that the earth is really younger than what uh, an evolutionist says? Well, first off, let's look at what evolution says about the earth. Here's what evolution says about the age of the earth. Millions and millions of years ago, there was nothing. And then, it exploded. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> First, let me say that evolutionists can defend the summation of the Big Bang by saying, actually, there's a lot more than that. Uh, there were gases that caused the explosion. Well, then where did the gases come from? And for the record, I'm not using technological terms. Uh, they, they, they get around that by using more technical words to sound more intelligent than you. But sometimes, practicality triumphs over sounding technical. Remember, we all operate purely on faith. Honestly, by this point, ask them to explain why they believe what they believe. One of the many ways evolutionists try to prove their theory of an old Earth is through geology. It's not my favorite subject in science, but it is important. For a long time, many believed the rock formations we see were formed by a worldwide flood. Many geologists, though, didn't believe this and tried to do everything to convince people otherwise in an effort to disprove God and say that the Earth is millions of years old. Men like Abraham uh, Werner, it's German, it's Werner, uh, James Hutton, and Charles Lyell, uh, all originated the popularity of the evolutionary outbreak. And each of these guys looked at rock formations and said blatantly that there was no possible way this couldn't have taken millions of years to form. And we'll look at each one of them here. Abraham Werner was a Ger German geologist from the 1700s, and he was one of the first to estimate that the age of the Earth was millions of years. James Hutton made naturalistic uniformitarianism popular. Uniformitarianism is the scientific idea that whatever happens in the past is how, or whatever happens in the present is how the past operated. Here's what he said. The past history of our globe must be explained by what, we, what, uh, what can be seen to be happening now. No powers are to be employed that are not natural to the globe. No action to be admitted except those of which we know the principle. He blatantly rejects the fact that there, was only, uh, that there was only one worldwide flood which caused the rock formations that we see today. No powers are to be employed uh, that are not natural to the globe, meaning God's power to create the world or to cause the worldwide flood is unnatural to the globe because we can't see it. Only what we can see today can show us the history of the earth and how it was formed at this point. And people have believed this for so long since he penned these words. As an aside, he also said, make sure I'm on the right one. As an aside, he said this, the past history of our globe must be explained by what we can see uh, to be happening now. Now, I realize he's talking about the earth, and that, that's strictly the context here. But if this was true, and you believed in evolution, how would that not be applicable to every other element of science? What about the Big Bang? Right? It's not often you see something coming out of nothing, unless you go to a magic show. But 
even then, there's still something there that's coming from nothing. Well, seemingly nothing. So, I mean, today we, we, we don't see apes evolving into humans, right? Where's the line drawn? Charles Lyell is a man who will come up again uh, eventually. He built upon uh, Hutton's beliefs and led other men to believe in uniformitarianism, including the man that actually shifted the tides of the popularity of evolution, Charles Darwin. Lyell wrote a book called Principles of Geology, which is his magnum opus, and he popularized uniformitarianism with this work. He also appointed himself the spiritual savior of geology, freeing science from an old dispensation of Moses, leading many people to believe his famous quote here, the present is the key to understanding the past. People believed that the Grand Canyon, for example, was carved by flowing water over millions of years. But this has since to be proved to be not true. And we'll see how another natural wonder of the world proved Charles Lyell wrong with math. Get your pillows out. This is probably going to get boring. As we look at the rate of erosion. How many of you in this room are math scholars? That's what I thought. We have one hand in the balcony. Um, so most of you are. That's great. Uh, does anybody remember studying rates from math? Okay. Uh, you know those math problems we always hated, like how fast can really Billy ride his bike, blah, 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 blah. The measurement of this is a rate. What about erosion? All right, does anybody remember what erosion is? The, the dictionary definition is basically wearing away. And in this case, we're talking about the Earth wearing away by water. Uh, Brett, can you turn up the volume on my computer? I'm not sure if anybody, I just realized uh, I'm, I have something coming here. It should be on the top bar. And uh, is it up? Okay. So you guys probably won't be able to hear it. That's okay. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I realized as I was putting everything together, it's probably not going to work. We'll see what happens. Uh, so, Charles Lyell tried determining the rate of erosion by a great natural location in the Earth, Niagara Falls. Sorry, that bit is so old but I couldn't resist. The young kids probably have no idea what they just saw. Um, so we'll take a look at some Niagara Falls stats here. Uh, more than five billion cubic feet, hang on, more than five billion cubic feet of water gets dumped over the crest of the falls every minute. The three waterfalls in this commune of waterfalls are American Falls, Bridal Veil Falls, and Horseshoe Falls. And actually, Falls is the most powerful waterfall in North America by flow rate with a height of 167 feet, and it's 2,700 feet wide. It, of course, borders the United States and Canada. Currently, between 50 and 75% of the water from the river's flow is diverted by, huge, uh, by four huge tunnels that start far upstream. And that water passes through turbines and supplies power to the U.S. and Canada, not that they deserve it, before returning to the river past the falls. 
Charles Lyell actually visited the falls in an effort to prove uniformitarianism and measured the falls to be about, wait, where am I? I jumped way ahead. Okay, here we go. He measured the falls to be about uh, uh, 35,000 years old. And that's quite obviously not the age uh, that we said earlier that the Bible shows us, uh, that it's around 6,000. And because of this, people have lost faith in God and believed Lyell's proof. But I, uh, but I say we do, uh, I say we do what he did to see if we come to the same conclusion. Here's what Lyell was told by an eyewitness at the falls. And you guys already saw this a little bit, but that's okay. We'll go through it again. The falls have uh, actually moved 150 feet in 40 years. So first, we'll make our rate, 150 divided by 40. And now let's go ahead and divide this and find out how many feet per year. 3.75 feet per year. Now, the gorge itself is about 6.8 miles long. There we go. Um, uh, so uh, how many feet are in a mile? Does anybody know? 52,880, uh, 52, uh, <laughs> that's quite a different number. How many feet are in 6.8 miles? That would be 35,904. This is the only explanation uh, as to how Lyell got 35,000 years, as far as I could tell. He quite simply didn't use the rate of erosion or anything like that. He just simply converted the current length of the gorge, at least of his day, to feet. That's it. <laughs> uh, I have no other idea how he would have arrived to 35,000 years. Maybe a mathematician could explain to me how later. But somehow, Lyell got 35,000 years out of what this guy had told him. Now, if we did real math, I'll show you what the real answer here is. We take the current length of the gorge and divide that by the rate of erosion per year, and we get 9,574 years. Now, this is obviously not the length of time the Bible gave us, but we're not done. It can be observed at the falls. Oops. Sorry. It can be observed at the falls and along the gorge that there are, in fact, different rock layers in thickness as you travel the length of the gorge. Just a couple of examples. There is the Lockport Dolomite. Uh, it's the hard rock up here. Um, it's a hard layer directly underneath the falls. And Rochester Shale is a softer layer right underneath the Dolomite. There's a few more of these, but these are the examples we're looking at today. Um, as the water flowed down the gorge, it eroded the softer rock away from under the Dolomite, leaving the Dolomite to hang out and eventually break off into large chunks. Now, there is so much more we could say about the falls here, but we just don't have enough time. <laughs> the point is that the different factors change the rate of erosion. And there are so many different factors. For one, what are we measuring here? The, the, uh, the, the guy said it moved 150 feet uh, in 40 years. Are we measuring this top part that's hanging a little bit further out than this bottom part? That these, these are the questions that that really just changed the rate of erosion. Um, but the falls, uh, the falls, in fact, might have eroded faster in the past because 
The amount of water changes the rate. Uh, the rate, the thickness of hard rock layers affects the rate. There are so many different uh, factors. And of course, one of the factors that many people like to use is uh, dating. Not, not like going out to dinner sort of dating, but like carbon dating, radiometric dating. There are so many different types of, of dating, and we won't cover this. In all honesty, it's a very, very hard aspect uh, of science for me to even comprehend. But the basic gist of radiometric dating is it is a method scientists use to calculate the age of rocks, fossils, and the Earth itself. But again, honestly, I can't explain every element of it. Again, I'm no geologist, but I can get the gist of it. No pun intended. Just understand that many uniformitarians have used this method to prove the Earth is millions of years old. However, there have been some major inconsistencies with the research in this area. Dr. Henry Morris, a creation scientist, put together a list of 68 uniformitarians' estimates for the age of the Earth. The scientists that worked on these calculations were both Christian and secular scientists. So I'm going to go ahead and show you a chart here um, of this, this, um, this chart that he had made of both Christian and secular scientists um, studying the, the same thing and trying to determine whether or not it was, uh, or how, how old it is, based on the same method, using the same method. The current age of the Earth, by the way, before I show you this, according to evolutionists today, is about 4.5 billion years, although that changes year to year. Uh, so if you Google that right now, it's about 4.5 billion years. Here's the chart. I hope you can see it. I'm not sure if you can, if you can see it from on the back, but these are the, uh, the ages of the Earth that they were estimating. This is 0 to 10,000, 10,000 to 100,000, 100,000 to a million years. And these are the number of scientists that got the, their current rates. So 23 people with the same method and the same uh, material found the Earth to be 0 to 10,000. And again, same material. 10 people found 10,000 to 100,000 years. 100,000 to 1 million years was found by 11 people. 23 more people found 1 million to 500 million years. And then nobody cares about the 4 billion. Um, so the current age of evolution right now, nobody even found that, both secular and Christian scientists. So, um, and you can even read it here, when a range of ages is given, the maximum age was used to be generous to the evolutionists. In one case, the date was uncertain, so it was not used in this tally. So the total estimates were used were 67. So instead of 68 people, it was 67 here on the final tally sheet. A few on the list had reference to Saturn, the Sun, etc. But since biblically the Earth is older than these, dates related to them were used. So, as you can see, out of 68 scientific experiments done by different people using the same method, there are many different answers to the age of the Earth. Radiometric dating, carbon dating, all these different elements is a flawed system that depends on what a person wants to see, and it can't be used. Uh, to prove evolution. So now let's talk about the Ice Age. Yes, there was in fact an Ice Age. Um, I didn't have time to put everything together up on the, on the PowerPoint, so I'm just going to have you use your imagination a little bit. But uh, when the worldwide flood of Genesis 6 occurred, a lot of crazy stuff happened. For one, the fountains of the Great Deep 
uh, otherwise known as lava, burst forth. This would have made water very, very hot, as you can imagine. Second, there was a lot of water. <laughs> you have a lot of water being dumped on every corner of the planet, and the precipitation levels would, would never and will never be the same. Creationist uh, Michael Ord is a former meteorologist from the National Weather Service, and he explains the mixing of these and uh, that the mixing of these and, and so many different elements as a warm ocean would have a much higher evaporation than what we see from the current cooler ocean surface. Most of this evaporation would have occurred at mid and high altitudes, close to the developing close to developing ice sheets, dropping the moisture in the cold continent. This is a recipe for powerful and continuous snowstorms that can be estimated using basic meteorology. So as you can tell, it's quite technical. I'm no meteorologist. I actually, fun fact, I actually wanted to be one as a kid, uh, but that was just to stand in front of the green screen. Uh, but the majority of creation scientists agree there most certainly would have been an ice age right after the flood with all of these different elements uh, colliding uh, uh, against each other. Evolutionists believe that the Earth is billions of years old. They interpret the same data that Christian scientists use, but expand it to millions of years uh, uh, instead of just a few thousand. They believe there were several ice ages over hundreds of thousands of years. However, they really don't have a good explanation for this. Creation scientists do have an explanation for what started the ice age, a worldwide flood. And it looks like creation scientists now have a much better explanation for the Ice Age uh, than, than do evolutionists. So going back to the falls, how old are, is Niagara Falls? Well, a while back, some engineers took several steps to stop, uh, to a certain extent, the erosion at the falls. The, the reason they, they had for doing this was, one day, uh, the erosion will lead the falls to retreat far back enough where it will drain most of Lake Erie. To put it simply, that could cause some major problems down the Niagara River and further down. Uh, before these guys went to try to stall the, er the erosion, the rate of erosion seemed to be about four to five feet a year, around what we saw earlier, which leads us to about 9,000, and even modern day evolutionists would say about 12,000 years. However, they discovered that the hard dolomite layer was half as thick for a long section of the gorge. This cuts our time period down considerably. It also appears that when the falls made their way to a section of the gorge, it encountered a channel of very soft material that was at a right angle from its previous course. It turned, following the soft material before continuing on its way. Some people uh, think that this section of the gorge was carved as a matter of weeks or days instead of hundreds of thousands of years. Again, reducing the age of the falls. Further, the current horseshoe shape of the falls is not a very, uh, is not a very, uh, 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 I must have misspelled the word here, uh, con uh, conducive to erosion. However, some have suggested that in the past, the falls had a notch shape, and this would erode much quicker, uh, which would also bring down the age of the falls. So it's just element after element after element that we keep discovering, and it's just bringing down how old the falls could be. The worldwide flood, would also have affected the rate of erosion. Afterward, following the Ice Age, it would be plausible that the river contained much more sediments, and these abrasives would have, uh, 
would have also sped the rate of erosion. There are also factors that would slow down the process. It is currently believed that there was also a long period in which the river was temporarily redirected, slowing to 10% of its flow. This would greatly draw out the erosion process. However, it's not like, uh, however, it is likely that all of the other factors outweigh this temporary decrease. So in other words, our starting point of seven to 9,000 years can be whittled down even uh, further than that. So exactly how old are the falls? Uh, if all the factors we've looked at bear themselves out, then the age of Niagara Falls is much younger than 7,000 years. But at this point, we have to be honest, there are so many things that still need to be learned and understood about Niagara Falls and the complex interplay of all these processes. But there's one thing that we can say with confidence. The evidence from Niagara Falls has in no way disproved the biblical account as Charles Lyell once claimed. As we learn more about this fascinating area, it will, like so many other places, confirm the Genesis account. So, what these guys, uh, uh, Hutton and, and Werner and Lyell, and so many others fail to realize is that the global flood of Genesis 6 through 8 literally wash away any notion of an old earth. During the flooding of the earth, Genesis 7 says, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up. What does that mean? I mentioned lava earlier, which is, is an element of it. And I could keep going with, with so many different things, but I don't want to stand here and talk to you and, uh, about plate tectonics, which um, right next to radiometric dating and all that uh, is without question in my mind, one of the most complex things, uh, one of the most complex elements in all of geology, maybe even science. But I'll give you a quick overview. In the 1800s, there was a creation scientist named Antonio Snyder. He observed in Genesis 1, 9 through 10, that God gathered the seas together into one place, which he interpreted as saying that God had created the earth into one landmass before it separated into the world we know today. And this was actually long before the theory of Pangaea had ever, had ever been considered by evolutionists. But when the fountains of the great deep were broken up, that caused many things, for one, we looked at the volcanic activity, but also the full separation of different land masses creating the new continents. Because of the heavy water from the flood, we get the separation of the earth, as well as the rock formations that we see today. So we dove into a little science today, some of it complicated, but understand that when we do, it still backs up God's word. When evolutionists take elements like geology and try to use it to prove that the earth is old, they fail to see that our world has only fallen apart and decayed because of sin. The world probably wouldn't be in the state that it's in if not for man giving God the notion of destroying it with a worldwide flood. Next time uh, I come up here, we'll talk about some of the fossils that we find because of the flood. But for now, when we see the scientific evidence of a worldwide flood, as well as the young age of the earth, I hope it helps us understand that scripture contains the answers we need. And we as saved individuals who believe in Christ can trust in everything he says in his word. I hope there's no doubt in your mind of that, and I hope that we can, as Peter said, be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for bringing us into your, uh, into your house and to uh, praise you and worship you and to look at these, these different elements and get to see your creation at work and the, the different elements that have gone into uh, proving not just 
the existence of a creator, but proving uh, that everything you say in your word is true. I pray that these, these things would be upon our hearts as we go uh, out witnessing to individuals uh, and those who might believe the lie of evolution, that this would be a good stepping point for people to understand the truth of creation and how it is very much evidence uh, of your existence. I pray that you'll um, be with us as, a, as we head our separate ways. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.